Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? <laughs> Are you ready? This is the Really Riley Podcast. Woo! Lord have mercy, y'all. If you could have just seen what went down in the Really Riley studio just about five seconds ago, you would have been cracking the fuck up. Um, Hey, welcome back to Really Riley. Happy Wednesday, you guys. And I'm so excited to do this podcast for you today because... I have my favorite person in the entire universe until five minutes ago, sir. <laughs> my fiance, Marshall, in the studio with me because we're talking about something I'm so excited about. And let me just clue y'all in so it's not like an inside joke situation that I start this podcast with. Like, Marshall gifted me my entire studio. Like, I was just like, I don't need it. It's fine. Da, da, da. Turns out, pandemic and two babies. I need it, y'all. Because you wouldn't be hearing this here really Riley podcast if it wasn't for my fiance and putting this fabulous studio together. So I love you and thank you. However, comma, you can talk to me, babe. I'm, I'm here. He knows I'm making fun of him. Like, I go to start the podcast and he points at the recording button. I'm like, babe, I've, I, your girl's done this a time or two. It just looked like you were going to hit the... Uh to your credit, there's nine times out of ten, like, I'm, like, batshit crazy, and I have, like, my mind. I left my mind on the floor when I was giving the kids a bath, and you were, like, following me around with my phone. Like, babe, here's your phone. Babe, here's your scrunchie. Babe, here's the remote. So, to to your credit, I get it. You're trying to help. So, without further ado, you guys are probably wondering, like, why is Mr. Marshall, the Fit Marshmallow, here on the podcast with me, and what is this exciting-ass news? Well, you guys may have already heard it on YMS on the air in the morning show, and you may have already seen it on my Instagram, but if you haven't, I'm so excited. My fiance, Marshall. All right, let me not sound like an influencer when I say this. <laughs> um, he's going out for the first ever Mr. Health and Fitness 2021. And there's a lot at stake for this. I'll give you the specs, but this isn't the only reason why this is such a big deal for Marshall and our family. Right, babe? Yes. All right, so... If he wins this, no, when, we're speaking this shit into existence, when he gets a feature in Muscle and Fitness Magazine, a $20,000 prize, and I mean clout, but there's another reason why you thought this was really cool, right? So Marshall's last name, I'm going to be Mrs. W in about three months, and Marshall's last name is Weeder, spelled W-I-E-D-E-R, but you were telling me a factoid before we started this about this whole contest in the magazine. Well, so Joe Weeder actually started... Muscle and Fitness Magazine, 1935. So we like so this is the this is the one that you have been following, looking at. Like this was your mecca back in the day. Well, he was kind of like the godfather in a way of bodybuilding. He created the Mr. Olympia contest. He created the IFBB, which is like the the league of professional bodybuilders worldwide. So y'all don't know what the hell any of that means, but you can hear the passion behind Marshall's voice. Now, just a little backstory on my fiance. Um he has a fitness background since forever. I'm going to read you real quick what they put up in the, the whole bio for this, this contest. So it said, what first fueled your passion for fitness? 
He said, my uncle was a huge influence. He has passed away. No, he had he had passed away at the end of 2017, which fueled my first show in 2019, the bodybuilding show that he did and won. Flex. So he moved out and lived in California, occasionally training at the Mecca and would tell me stories of Ar- about Arnold, Frank Zane, and the greats of all time. He got me my first gym membership the summer before entering high school, now some 20 years ago. So lifting was my escape and a huge confidence boost, which started out as physical, became mental, and my therapy. Preach, babe. So then beyond that, you have a degree in this shit, right? Yes. So exercise science. Actually, one of my professors used to call me Joe Weider as a joke. So like everyone knew in terms of like bodybuilding, like it's. So holy fucking full circle moment, y'all. Like, I mean, I know that I'm a derp and I get so like giddy and excited about this stuff for you. And like, here's the thing I love about my fiance and this whole situation that we're in right now. He is the most, uh, what the frick? What's the word I'm looking for? See what we were talking about before how I leave my brain on the floor with the kids in the bathtub. You're the most humble person I know about this because when I was freaking out that he got into this whole competition, I was like, oh my God, babe. And he's like, yeah, it would be really cool. Would be really full circle. And that's just Marshall. Like, you don't seem to let these additives, I guess you could say. I call it like sprinkles. Like, if life in our family is the ice cream, then this would be a sprinkle for you. Yeah, it's, it's like, I think it's more the experience. That's what this whole thing has been. The whole journey. The whole fitness, everything. I mean, it's been lifting for better part of over 20 years now, so it's... And so here's the other backstory about his bodybuilding competition. So when I first met Marshall, he was in prep for the bodybuilding competition, which was hell. I mean, it, it's it's awful. It's grueling, but it's probably the most rewarding thing at the end, right? Yeah. Well, it's the journey is the destination. Right. In terms of what you actually get out of it. 100% true with any kind of fitness thing. You know, because a lot of people are like, Riley, Mar- what's yours and Marshall's motivation to stay in the gym? I was like, motivation is bullshit. Like the journey is the is is the motivation if you have one because motivation is fleeting, right? Well, yeah, it's the pre workout. Oh, it's discipline is what's left. Okay, listen to him. Listen to my fiance. This is why I'm so proud. Um, but you were training for the bodybuilding competition. It was the first one that you've ever done. The only one you've done yet to date. There will be another. I promise you. Um, but you during that prep were like feeling like you had a pinched nerve. Remember, you complaining about pain. You're like, it's fine. I'll just muscle through it. Yeah, it was probably around April. So the the bodybuilding competition was when? May, like mid-May. It was like Mid-May. Well, I think. Was it was? I don't remember. See, we're parents now. We're new parents, y'all. Anyway, within months, you won the bodybuilding competition, and then you had a massage therapist tell you you needed to go get your hip checked out because of the pain that you were going through, and you had to get some x-rays done. Well, yeah, they thought it was a labrum, so they did x-rays. And hey, we got to speak for people that don't know what this means. Yeah. It's so basically, you had some pain, they thought of it was something, and then it wasn't. Yeah, so it's, it, like, I had a lot of symptoms of, like, a common hip injury that a lot of athletes right. have. So I went in, and then they ended up doing an MRI with the dye. So they injected dye into the hip and did the MRI, Ugh. and then it showed, like, everything. So. so I remember him coming home and telling me about this saying that it was avascular necrosis and that you had two options for surgery. You could get a hip replacement at 31 years old, or you could get this surgery done at Duke. Shout out to them. They're fucking amazing. Uh, Where basically they take the bone out the bottom of your leg and then make a graft into your hip. And as you're telling me this, I'm like, "Eh, okay, we got this. It's fine. You're like, no, babe, you don't understand what this is going to be. 
And I think I didn't want to compute it. I think I, I just didn't want to like conceptualize what this was going to be. And holy fucking shit, there goes the ride. So I don't know like what must have been going through your head at that time because you went from the grandest high physically, like fitness wise, right? Winning this bodybuilding competition to, okay, here we go to operating table. Well, I've never, I've never had a surgery before. Yeah, the most pain no. you'd ever had in that way of like needles or anything was tattoos. Well, yeah, I, I had like a few, like partially torn this and that from wrestling, but that was yeah. Like high Marshall was a wrestling coach. Some of you guys too, by the way, that texted in that Marshall was your coach and that you voted for him for this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's like lifeblood. It's so sweet. Well, it, it's crazy because last year was actually the one shirt in the room. Like 2013. So, so the I mean, shirt in the room he's talking about is the gift that I gave him for his birthday, which was the shirt that the uncle we were talking about before gave him that he'd had for 20 years. And so I had it framed with his um, trophies that were like knives or swords or something like that. But back to getting to the surgery. So we find out we're going to get surgery, right? And then you get me on board of what it really means, which really I don't think I truly figured out what it meant until we were actually in the thick of it post-surgery. But we had to arrange everything. We had to have my mom come down to watch my five-year-old, four-year-old son at the time, Lyric, and get everything to go. Got in trouble at work because I bailed on a, <laughs> I bailed on an appearance to be there, but there was no way in hell we weren't going to go. Um, oh, and side note, we got engaged right in the middle of there. Before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had a lot going on. Um, so we were on our way to Duke. And I got down there after you did because I had to finish up work. You had to fly out by yourself. And a lot of it feels like a blur to me. Like we arrived and you were already at the hospital, I think. Yeah, no. You had to go check in with all the appointments and stuff uh, first. Like the pre-op appointment the day before. And then you came down the next day. Yeah. And then that was the surgery day. So they started talking about all the surgeries and stuff like that. I think we had like 16 hours together before it was in that shitty ass hotel that had flies everywhere. It was so gross. Just adding to the fun and spice and sprinkles of all this experience. So the, the the scariest part I think I can remember when I started to realizing what the fuck this was what 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 was happening is they were about to give you an epidural and they're trying to explain to me, like, oh, here's what's gonna happen with him and the epidural. I'm like, I fucking know I've had a kid. I, I know. And I'm trying not to freak you out because you don't like needles, you don't you don't like that stuff. And I'm holding your hand and I'm like, All right, I'm good. I'm good. They, they started to give you stuff to make you woozy, and I gave you a kiss, and the anesthesiologist was walking me out. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. That's when I fucking lost it. I was like, ah! Like, ugly cry. I'm glad you didn't see that. Like, everybody must have thought it was a damn nut job. Like, it was awful. And they you sit. I was sitting there waiting for you for whatever many hours it was. It felt like forever. I was also really sick. I had, like, a god-awful cold. <laughs> and I remember... They were so great at Duke, by the way, and God, we were blessed to be able to get into for this surgery because it's only one hospital that does, or it's, two yeah, hospitals that does the surgery Duke, in the country. Duke and Penn Med are only two. So. so they were great. Like, they kept me updated. They were incredibly accommodating. So great. But I remember when they said that you had come out of surgery and everything was good, the surgeon took me aside and explained everything. Apparently, your hip bone was black, gooey, he said. And... I went back to you, and you were out of it. But what you said to me was the cutest thing ever, and it was so indicative of who you are and how chill you are in high-pressure situations. You looked at me with your 
hair, it was orange or something, the hair net that they put on you, and you're like, this thing's messing up my hair. And I was like, I love you so much. And then we had fun with the catheter. The whole thing just, I don't know. Like, once I came to and realized what was happening, it took some time to process. It's kind of weird because the videos of that time are pretty painful for me to watch now. Even though I was there, I lived it with you, and I videoed them because I knew you would want them later, which just sounds weird and morbid and very, like, of me. But I knew once you got to this space where we are now that you would want to remember that journey. Because your ass wanted to be up. Like, if you had the opportunity to get up and move around in the damn walker with your leg in that balloon boot with the stitches barely even sautered. I was flipping the shit. This is Marshall. Like, she's like, oh, do you want the, you know, they were starting to do the rehabilitation within a day and a half. And you were like, yeah, I want to walk it if I can. So I remember you and the rehabilitation nurse, you walking with this walker on one leg. Like, the, the... Not the, what's, what is it? Like the, what's the word I'm looking for? The water vein thing. What's the word I'm looking for? The thing that drips the water, the the fluid. Thank you. The IVs. You're walking with. The water vein. Whatever. I don't know. You're walking with the IV thing down the hallway. And she's like, oh, do you want to sit down for a second? And you're literally looking. And I think, I don't know, the door to where you could sit down or to where you were finished with the task might have been eight or nine steps. Doesn't sound like much to the normal person, but keep in mind this huge ass surgery he just had. And you're like, no, 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 I can make it. I'm like, oh my God, help. Like he, this is how he's going to be the entire time. And then it's like the worst moment I think in there was seeing you in absolute pain. Well, like I don't, I don't like to rely on drugs and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it was, I had. Two things in both hands, stuff coming out of it. I had the catheter. I had the epidural on my back with, like, a little, like, button that you look like you push, like, in a jet. That you wouldn't push. I was like, push the damn button. And then there was two tubes. There was one for my hip, and then there was one for my lower leg that, like, drained, and it would come in. It was disgusting, and it's like, clean it. And Um, and if I can, the worst part of this entire experience for moi was when, this might get gross, y'all, but I since when am I ever not TMI? I'm going there, babe. You know exactly what I'm going to talk about. You good? I'm going there. I'm doing it. I have to. Now we have to. I can't. Okay, I'm going. I love you. Sure you want to get married? You sure? Okay. So Marshall had to go pee before we left. It was just a protocol that they had to do or whatever, and he had a catheter in, which I'm sure for any man is such a party, right? Oh, my God. Well, he couldn't go, and they had taken the catheter out. But if he couldn't go, they were going to stick that sucker back in there. This nurse, man. Oh, my God. Marshall doesn't get agitated easily, but when he's in pain, you don't fuck with this man. And the nurse looked at me, and she says, well, have you ever put a catheter in? Excuse me, what? She says, well, he seems like he's getting really, you know, agitated. And he wasn't being rude. He was just in pain. And she said, do you want to do it? Huh? Do I want to do what? Do I want to go out the room and watch you do it? What? She, like, expected me to put this catheter back in that. I was like, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. I got to look at that at a different capacity later when all this shit's done. <laughs> Don't hate me, babe. Okay, that's it. I'll get off the subject. I'm sorry. So we leave the hospital. We drive how many hours home from Duke? Uh, Ten? No, it was about, like, six and a half. Six and a half. It felt like 50. But Marshall's in the back with this, like, blow-up balloon boot on him and... 
I'm driving his car, which I hate driving his car because it's big and he's also obsessive about his car. So I'm like, I don't want to scratch anything. I have like all of the energy drinks going. I'm very scared. I'm, I was more scared than I like let on with you because I get nervous driving your car. And I was like, God, please let us get home safely because what would happen if God forbid we got into an accident and this very fresh brand new surgery. Like I, I was legit flipping out inside, but we got home safe. And that's where the fun started. So you were in bed for what? How many weeks? Six? Six weeks. Didn't leave the room. So the way that it worked at the time, my condo was like a tri-level condo that had a little crappy, they called it a basement, but it was really just a room with a bathroom. But that was the smallest room that you could get up with the walker and hobble yourself two feet to the toilet. I still had to go to work. My mom was in and out. We had some family members come and check on you, but for the most part during the day, you, you you had to be by yourself. So every morning, I would pack him up like a, a cooler full of food, all of the Netflix, all of the chargers, all of the books. And then when we got home, me and Lyric would camp out down there with you until it was time to go to sleep. And I would sleep upstairs because... I, I don't know, like I was afraid that I would kick you because I'm a flailer at night. And uh, well, I mean, at that point, I couldn't I couldn't go upstairs. Yeah, you can go upstairs to point, our it, bed. It was hard even just getting the legs like over the bed because it's the hip down was basically just yeah. like one. And it, it you like had no bone in the lower. And like so basically just before, if you guys don't understand, like with avascular necrosis, the bone was dead. And so they took the bone from your lower leg and graft a new one. Some people have asked me before, like, well, why didn't he just get the hip replacement? Because of the vascular necrosis, if – so with a – what was it? The hip pla- replacement, yes, you would so ha- had to do it a couple of times? They said based on my age and activity, it'd probably be, like, two to three. Hip pla- replacements hip in your replacements, life. And each time they have to, like, put all those parts into the bone, and oh. it gets more and more difficult. So yeah. it would be, like, ten – 10 years, they said, and that would be like a new one. Yeah. So this, it's actually basically, when they say like, she says graft, it's basically like a quarter size, and they drilled into it, cut everything out, and Ooh. that bone fits that size, and they put it in, and then tied off. So there's like two teams that were like working at the same time. Cause Y'all don't know how many times I've wanted to show you this scar in his cheek, which would be obscene, and he's not that, like, he's, he's a lot more discreet than I am, but it, it's like warrior status. It literally looks like a gladiator took a hot stone to his cheek. His butt cheek. I'm serious. That's what it looks like to me. Still sexy as hell, though, to me, babe, because I feel like it's a sign of every single thing that you have endured with catastrophic, catastrophic, whatever, huge, huge, huge amounts of grace. Because, let me be honest here, throughout that time, I was not the nicest nurse. I admittedly was, like, not very well able to handle... um, Seeing you that way, being mom, being nurse, being radio personality, I think it was probably our most challenging space in our relationship. Because everything was, like, so distant. And I think that that was a hard time for me, too, because it was, like, I had the little, like, claw so I could, like, reach shit, and everything was, like, in that bin that had, like, my seven medications that I needed to take, like, at different hours throughout the day. And I would just sleep in and out. I'd listen to podcasts, listen to audiobooks, read a little bit, and then I'd watch, like, Netflix or something like that on the iPad. And that was pretty much my day. 
and that was my day for like six weeks. So like for me, a lot of the stuff that I was listening to, it was either like, you know, you can accept the fact that you're, you're this and you can be a victim and the world won't shame you for it. But that's, that's not who you are. It's not a hundred percent. Not who you are. You know, I, I view it as a challenge and that's just what it is. Y'all see why I'm marrying this one? <laughs> but so then after the six weeks, you were kind of able to come upstairs and you were able to be in a wheelchair. For how many months was it? So the wheelchair, like the whole thing was a little over six months. It was almost seven by the time I could like actually walk again or learn to walk again. So wheelchair was like the primary form because you just get exhausted standing on the crutches and you couldn't put weight down. It was like... I guess the best way to describe it is like if your foot touched the ground, like you'd have, you'd have nerve pain from like the foot shoot all the way up to the hip. So it was wheelchair for probably like a good four months before I got comfortable using the crutches to actually like as like my main mode where like I didn't need the wheelchair anymore. So speaking of said wheelchair, I'm so glad I never have to see that blue thing again. However, comma, I did. I was grateful for the wheelchair because at least got you out of that room and we would go to the gym in said wheelchair. Like uh, that was also really tough for me to watch you in that state because I mean, this is the man that puts the one thirties above his head when he's pressing. That's your, that was you, that was who you were. And then to watch you in the chair pushing, still pushing weight that most people couldn't do. Side note, not with wheelchair surgery or not. In that moment, you seemed the most down I'd ever seen you, but yet you were still there. Even though you've told me that the gym became a place that depressed you a little bit, it was still you. It was still ingrained in who you were. It was still therapy, whether it be painful or not. You don't know how to not be there. You don't know how to not do that. Well, like, because, like, when we went back to that one life, the last time like I'd walked out, I was at the epitome. I was at the peak of, you know, the best overall conditioning, the best overall look, the best overall right strength. Right before your show. And then coming back in, I was at the absolute lowest I've ever been. So to be in the same place, but mentally and physically just be in a completely different one, it took some time because, you know, you're, you're wheeling the wheelchair into the locker room. People, you know, they're either giving you weird looks or, you know, they're kind of being like overly nice and like holding stuff open and that kind of thing. So and you, you don't like that. You got, you, well, you got the mix of both, you know what I mean? And that's kind of what I learned too. And, you know, not saying like I'd want to go through this process ever again, but, you know, when I say things like happen for you, not to you, it, I learned more about myself going through all this shit. I learned more about how like people that have, you know, were born with disabilities or other things like how they might feel and ways that like, you know, you can go about treating them and kind of making them feel more, more normal, you know, vets that come home that left normal and now they're an amputee or something like that. Like I could they have a new normal I that's could, not within a lot of people's understanding. Yeah, I could relate to a lot of those things in a, like a way that I never would before. Like I could relate to people that, you know, might have kind of let themselves go over the years and, you know, they're at their absolute lowest and they're in, they're intimidated going back into a gym setting. They're, you know, they're just like, where do you start? So 
in terms of like a lot of different things, like the body dysmorphia, the disability, like all these other things, you know, it, it, uh, it humbled me in a sense to kind of be at that level. You know, I'm getting misty eyed. You talking about this shit. Cause I remember in, in that, in that time, like my, it's difficult to say there's a favorite moment of this fucking journey because most of it sucked. But there was a time where you were trying to do an exercise with cables and you wanted to do heavier weight because, you know, you you were ready, like you were starting to feel hungry and more like yourself, whether you were in a wheelchair or not. And you couldn't because the wheelchair would have flipped back. And I was so determined to get you to do that weight. I was like, all right, I'm sitting on this fucker. And you're like, nah, babe. I was like, yep, sitting on it. So... <laughs> I squatted down and sat on the front and you were pushing it. And I remember in that moment that being like, we always have a saying, like we got this in this family. And I had that saying before I met you, but never before more so than that moment, it felt like me and you. And I can truly say this with every ounce of my being from the bottom of my toes to the tip top of my head, I'd never wanted to marry you more than I did in that moment. Like walking through that gym with you in the wheelchair, it was, I was more proud of you than I think I ever will be in my life or maybe ever was to that date or whatever the hell you want to say. I know that you felt sort of insecure about yourself in those days, but I remember just peacocking like a motherfucker, like, yup, that's mine. Y'all want to look at him funky? What the hell do you think you'd be doing if you were in this wheelchair? You think you'd be in the gym? Probably not. That's just me being a jerk. That's just me being like, nah, you're not going to look at my boo funny because you have no idea what he's made of. None. Y'all see how feisty I get about this stuff? I just, I think that this journey has prepared you in so many ways. And it's like, this is why I'm telling you guys this. It's not like a, oh, well, poor Marshall, because there ain't no poor Marshall about that now. Them chesticles be popping again because you put them 130s up the other day in the gym and mama was drooling. But correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's not about the clout. It's not about a magazine coverage. It's not about the money that you would win. It's it's more about, like, uh, you described it to me as a culmination of the journey. Yeah, it, it's so far. I, I guess kind of everything kind of coming full circle. You know, where I, di- I did it for myself. Like, uh, you know, the whole fitness for me in general has always just been a thing where it's just been for me, you know, and I think. To you against you. Yeah, something something like this would kind of, I don't know, it would like signify that like I had gone from the top to the bottom and coming back up, you Started know. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Well, because I mean, like the thing too is like I. I don't like to be the person that like talks about like what I did. I want to be talking about what I'm doing and what I'm going to do. So, you know, I kept things real quiet and that's kind of why I do certain things. I don't really post a lot of stuff on social because until like I'm ready to showcase what I'm, what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. I just keep it quiet. You know, I don't need to. He doesn't need the attention. That's your girl over here. (laughs) So, you know what I find kind of funny, not funny, but kind of telling y'all know I'm all about speaking shit into existence now. And we've been doing vision boards together, Marshall and I, because I started doing vision boards by myself for, what is this, since 2017? And we've done, we're on our third one that we do together. We do it on New Year's Eve. It's kind of like our little celebration because we're not big drinkers. I'm weeing us. I'm officially turning us into a wee. Is that gross? 
I mean, I guess we are. We created a human who's in there sleeping. So whatever. We have done three vision boards together, and not this year's vision board, but 2020's vision board. You had the photo that they used for Mr. Health and Fitness 2021. And it's a photo of you. you God, you look so hot in it, too. It's like you're hanging off the handlebars, the pull-up bar, and you're doing abs, and you look just incredibly, incredibly determined. And this is something I like to tell people about vision boards because a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, my vision, the things that I wanted, the things I'm manifesting, they're not happening right away. Um, Y'all look at Marshall over here because you put that on the vision board, what is this, two years ago almost now? One year ago? Like a year ago. And look. Well, I mean, you know, the for a lot of people, the – the belief has to come before the work. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, you have to envision it, and then it's like a lot of people feel like the journey doesn't happen fast enough, and that's the fucked up thing with fitness, man. You don't use it, you lose it, and I'm telling you, you will lose your cute little ass or that awesome chest way quicker than it ever took you to get it. That's a gut check, man. Like, I obviously am nowhere near what Marshall went through, but, like, the closest thing I can equate to it is going through pregnancy and seeing every muscle that I'd sweat and pillage to get be like, bye, see ya. I mean, I I am so proud of you. Like, so proud of you. Like, I, it, I can't, it's hard for me to even, like, put into words without making people puke on the other end of, the, you know, hearing this podcast because – you're not one to brag, but I will brag for you. And I mean it when I say it that you deserve this more than anyone else I could think of. I want this for you so badly. And here's where I come to y'all really Riley listeners to help me get this from a man. You can vote. You can vote every single day. I have the link in my bio. And the way that I wanted to say this, so many times... You guys have said to Marshall and I through our fitness, through the things that we do with our family, you've come up to us so many times, like in person, which I love, by the way, we love, like that we've inspired you. So if there was ever a time that we did, can you do us a solid and vote? I'm shameless. I don't care. Like, listen, I will go to whatever lengths I have to, to make this moment happen. And even if it doesn't, Fuck it. I, I I mean, just up to this point, I'm kind of, I'm humbled and I'm overwhelmed with, like, the amount of people that have, you know, DM'd or commented or, vote, you know. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's kind of overwhelming. So, um, you know, I, I really do appreciate it. You know, that's, I guess, my heartfelt thank you because I genuinely mean that. But I know. You know. It's like every time that I'll send Marshall like a text or a DM that somebody sends me and they're like so rooting for you, babe. And it just makes me feel so good because you're just the best person I know. And I'm not saying that just because you're my baby daddy and we're getting married in a hundred days, babe. It's a hundred days today. (laughs) What a wedding present this would be. So here's the thing about the voting. You can do free daily votes, but then there's a thing called warrior votes. Yes, it's paid. But all of the money goes to donations for veterans, so it's sort of a win-win. You can vote every single day, and what's happening right now is the voting for the top 15 in the contest ends um, Thursday, June 24th at 7. 
7 uh, Pacific time. Pacific time. So you have, what is that? 7 p.m. Pacific. Eight uh, days? Nine days. Nine eight days. days. Nine days. Nine days. No, eight. Eight days. So I'm wonderful at math. Eight days to vote for the top 15. And then they're from the top 15. I think they go to top 10 and then top five after that. And I'll be damned if I'm not going to make this happen, y'all. Damned if it ain't going to happen. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess I guess we wanted to like share this story with you because if we're asking you to vote for us and take your time to go click that link, we wanted to tell you the reason and give you the story on it. And I know that I've touched upon it a little bit here and there, but I just think that it was kind of fun for me to bring the fiance on and chit chat with Chow. Did I, did I hurt your feelings with, with the whole catheter thing, babe? No, that was probably, <laughs> that was an excruciating experience. That it's was like, the worst out of any of it, out of surgery or anything. The catheter was the thing that gotcha. If you were like on a long road trip and <laughs> had to pee, but <laughs> like you were four hours away from your destination and you had to hold it all four hours, that's how it felt. It was like a panic mode. And then I can't get out of the bed. I can't stand to pee. And this I'm nurse is down. saying he wants his fiance to stick that back up there. They're handing me like the fucking horseshoe thing. <laughs> the under, horseshoe un- thing. Yeah. The, un- pee, the pee cup? Yeah, under a blanket. And then like the doors open and like people are walking in and out. Like that was the most <laughs> uncomfortable I have probably ever been outside of having that actual surgery. Like, yeah, I given birth, though. The needles, like whatever, you know. But <gasps> Oh, nah. my God. What a fucking way to end this podcast. Vote for Marshall. Links are in the bio on both of our pages. Babe, give your social. Uh, Marshmallow. Spelt like Marshmallow the Artist, not Marshmallow the Food. Um, And I am at Riley Couture. You guys, DMs are always open. Please hit me up. Question, comments, concerns. Oh, and side note. If you guys have any questions about avascular necrosis, because a lot of people, the disease Marshall has, a lot of you people have asked, and a lot of people just are kind of blindsided when they get this this diagnosis. He can know he can answer a lot more of it than I can, but both of us are always open for those kind of questions. Yeah, uh, definitely. And uh, it normally happens with like larger joints too, like knees, yeah. hips, stuff like that. But, but you know, I'll, I, I'm not I'm not a doctor, but, but you've been to, through it, I'll so try he's to help you out as much absolutely. as I can. So the Fit Marshmallow on social for Marshall and for me, R-I-L-E-Y-C-O-U-T-U-R-E, Riley Couture. That's Instagram and Facebook. Twitter got fucking stolen while I was given birth by some douche canoe. So it's Riley Couture 5 on Twitter. TikTok is Riley Couture 7 and Snapchat is at Radio Rican. Y'all, thank you so, so much for listening to Really Riley. I'll be back on Friday with the Fave Fives. Marshall, I love you. I hope this wasn't too torturous. I love you too. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Thank you, guys, for listening. It's really Riley.